0: I hope you're doing very well My name is Dan Fox Yes, that Dan Fox Welcome to Sports Fellowship with Fox and
1: Frank How you doing, Frank? I'm doing very well, Dan I'm, I'm glad- Frank
0: Knight Congratulations
1: Well, thank you I've been Frank Knight my most of my life
0: Congratulations Thank you very much
1: Congratulations <laughs> um,
0: so Inside this is joke, folks Season number three, episode number 23 uh, So... We are going to reflect on the Super Bowl tonight. Mm. Uh, we're going to talk about um, NBA All-Star Weekend. How about
1: that halftime show? Oh, well, that's right. I missed it. Well, you missed it by request. Missed it by that much.
0: Yes. Um, and so then we're going to talk about uh, NBA uh, All-Star Weekend taking place this weekend, um, a little bit of baseball, and then we're going to let Frank uh, rave about his hockey team. Yeah. So
1: it'll be short and sweet. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right, so, uh, Frank, let's talk about the Super Bowl. Uh what were your thoughts and, and takes on the Super Bowl?
1: Okay. So I think I would in retrospect say that it was a very evenly matched game. Uh I wasn't sure that Cincinnati could keep up, you know, and stay close in the game. So although I was pulling for Cincy, which I tend to pull for the underdog, um, I didn't have a whole lot of confidence that they were going to be able to keep the game close. So I was pleasantly surprised that the game was as close as it was and went down to the wire the way it did. Um,
0: Somebody at your party kept screaming, Who day? Who day? Yeah. Who day think they going to beat them
1: Bengals? I was singing it too. <laughs> Um, because I did want to see them win. I don't like any of the L.A. teams. I've said that before. Um, I find the statistics a little interesting, some of them. Um, you know, Matt Stafford, 283 yards, three TDs, and one interception. I thought he had two interceptions. I wrote down one. He did have two. He had two. two. Okay, my bad. And he was sacked twice. Burrow, 263, one TD, no interceptions, but he was sacked seven times, which really was the story of the game in the long run. Um, I was disappointed in the refereeing again because here's referees that put their uh, flags in their pockets most of the game, missed a really big uh, play at the beginning of the second half where Cincinnati had a 75-yard reception for a touchdown right off right off the bat, where the receiver uh, grabbed the helmet of the defender, grabbed the face mask, the face mask. And it was missed, so they scored a touchdown on that play, and then later, on the final drive, you know four penalties in big spots, and one of which I felt really could have been could have been passed on
0: seemed like it was a phantom call,
1: yeah, at the goal line, Cooper Cup was held, yes, he was held, uh, but it wasn't egregious; it was a slight hold, and i don't really think it affected the play because the defender was right on him and the pass wasn't, didn't lead cup very much. So, to me, should not have been called. Gave him a first down at the goal line. And I felt like the refs, you know, you get the sense that the refs are just trying to give it to the Rams. But I will say that after, that after they scored, after the Rams scored, there was reasonable time for Cincinnati to take the ball, go down the field, and grab a field goal and tie it. So I will say, in fairness, they had a chance. and they just So beat. you're
0: telling me there's a chance?
1: And he just couldn't do it. And in the end, Cooper Cup, who was all-world all year, the triple crown of receiving, uh, had a big game. He was he factored in just about every big play, especially on that last drive, specifically in that last drive. Uh, there was another play that I found interesting, which was Stafford's quote-unquote no-look pass to Cooper Cup. I believe it was on second down. A big play that kept the drive going. He did look off the safety and then kind of just with his eyes kind of looked back and threw a pass right on the dime to, uh, to Cup for a first down to get them to that point. And those things stood out to me in the game. Um, uh, you know, I was happy, happy for Stafford in the long run all those years in Detroit and not winning anything and for him to get a Super Bowl win. Happy for him. Happy for Aaron Donald, who played his heart out and is really one of the great players in the NFL.
0: Well, what what was interesting to me, especially about the uh, Bengals' last possession there after the after the Rams scored, was that up until that point, yes, they had sacked Burrow a whole bunch of times, mm-hmm. but the sacks, real in the grand scheme of things, didn't seem to mean a whole lot. Uh, but on that last drive, they sacked him once, and then uh, Aaron Donald sacked him once, and then. On the the fourth down play, Aaron Donald was playing. He was a man possessed, mm-hmm. and he just basically shrugged off his blockers. He was double teamed, and he was right in Joe Burrow's face when and forced Joe Burrow to throw the ball before he really wanted to, which resulted in the incomplete pass, which basically ended the game. And um, I just, <clears throat> you know, I, I just thought that Aaron Donald played a, a really good game, but at, at that. It, at the, that last drive, he just took over. He was he was like, "I'm gonna win this for us right now," and that's exactly what he was able to do on that drive.
1: A fair a statement, and I agree with that. I will say that Cincinnati's play calling on that those last two plays of the game for them a third and one uh, at the forty nine. They've got uh, Pirine in the game instead of their star running Nixon, back Mixon. It bothered me that well, they try to run the ball of P Ryan instead of taking their best running back and putting him out there and see if he can get that yard, and then they end up with fourth and one and P Ryan is still on the field, uh, and the play call again they decide to pass it. Now that's probably what they did all year, and they went for a lot of fourth downs all year, so that was a no-brainer they had to anyway. But they got into a situation where they allowed Donald the time to make a play. The play call was not. Brilliant, mm-hmm. uh, and I, even if you're going to run Burrow, I could live with that because he's been successful with it a lot. And if you design a run for him, but he had hurt his knee on
0: the previous true, possession.
1: True, that might be the reason for that. That's a fair, fair statement. Uh, so I was a little disappointed at uh, how those plays rolled out. And then you know Burrow almost made an amazing play as he's getting tackled uh, by Donald mm-hmm. to throw it, but couldn't quite get it to Pirine, who had gone out into the flat. So, uh, you know, it was a good game. I enjoyed it. It was exciting. It was action packed, and and uh, there was a lot of defense, which I happen to like. You know, uh, so I, I thought it was an entertaining game. I enjoyed it. Sure, in the long run,
0: yeah, I really enjoyed the game. I thought it was uh, good back and forth. Um, again, I, I didn't see a whole lot out of Von Miller in in consequential uh, moments and stuff. I know that a few weeks ago I said that Von Miller hadn't had a whole lot of uh, impact or contribution since coming over. And um, our sometimes colleague, Brandon, uh, shot me a text saying that Pro Football Focus says that that uh, he is, since he came over in that trade, he's been the best defensive end in football. And I said I didn't see it in big spots. I didn't, I did not, you know, it's one thing, one of <clears throat> being a Cowboys fan, and anybody that knows the, the Cowboys, DeMarcus Ware is an all-time great for Dallas. But DeMarcus Ware came up very small in big spots. Yeah. He had he had lots of sacks, and he led the team, he led the league in sacks. But when the Cowboys needed a play, he did not make it. Right. And so, that to me, that's what Von Miller did with the Rams. He did not make plays in big spots. Now, in the Super Bowl against the run... He made plays in yeah, big spots. He did. He he, he had a,
1: he had a sack in a spot too that stopped the first down. You know, that um, stopped them from getting a first down. And well, he, that was he when had the, two in the game, as many as Aaron Donald when
0: they were going back and forth and back and forth throughout the game and stuff. But in in the big spots when like yeah, when you. they needed him, like in that last drive, I did not see Von Miller break free to even put pressure on Joe Burrow. And it, stuff.
1: Everybody knew that Cincinnati's Achilles heel was their offensive line. And the Rams' strength was their defensive line. And it played out. You know, I mean, it ended up costing Cincinnati the game, their offensive line not being able to hold off the Rams' defensive line. Because when they did give Burrow time, he was having his way. I mean, there were some pretty good numbers there for some of the receivers. And I think a key thing in the game, which really might be the reason it was close, was Odell Beckham's injury early on. Mm -hmm. I mean, he had two catches and one touchdown at that point, and they didn't seem to have an answer for him early on. He was just wide open all the time. Right.
0: It looked like Cincinnati had. Uh, they their plan was to roll the coverage towards Jamar Chase and kind of take. Understandably, I, I mean, no, no, I'm sorry, not Jamar, but Cooper Cup. Cup. Yeah. Excuse me, I'm sorry about Might that. I bought into it, too. but um, but to roll the coverage towards Cooper Cup, understandable, and uh, <laughs> take your chances with Odell Beckham, and Odell Beckham was playing like a man.
1: Yeah, uh-huh. and Stafford's you know, kinda of pass behind him, a poor pass when he was wide open again mm-hmm. caused him an injury. Not that, you know, you blame Stafford, but the pass didn't lead him too much and that was it for Odell Beckham. And at that point it seemed like, you know, uh all of a sudden the Rams offense wasn't so proficient anymore. And Cup really didn't factor in a lot until late. Once they started getting the ball to him more often I mean, he factored in on almost every play on the last drive for the Rams. Sure, so, but uh, you know he did what he does. But I thought some of the calls down at the goal line uh, against Cincinnati, even there, there was an offsetting penalties called. Uh, I think that wasn't for third down, but uh, I thought it was a bad call. had uh, scored a touchdown and got nailed in the end zone. I didn't see a helmet to helmet. They called holding on the Rams, but then they called offsetting for um, personal foul. Pers- uh, yeah, personal foul. Uh, I forget exactly how, what they termed it, but it was for the hit on Cup. He catches the ball in the end zone, he's in the air, and a guy nails him. It's what you're supposed to do. And I don't understand these refs. I hate it when refs factor into the decision of how a game works out. And to me, they factored in. Especially with the holding call on the linebacker at the goal line on Cup. So, it bothered me. But again, in fairness, Cincinnati with a chance to drive and tie it. Just couldn't do it. Yep. So,
0: those of you that uh play lay some shekels down uh, the 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 line was four and a half and the game ended up three so mm-hmm. if you had taken Cincinnati plus the points uh, you were a winner uh, and if you'd taken the under uh, the under was uh, the winner there mm-hmm. in the point total so yeah, All I expected
1: right. a higher scoring game and uh, Cincinnati just couldn't couldn't protect burrow enough for that to happen yeah well this is nba all star
0: weekend here um, not that it really matters a whole lot but this is the point from which teams really uh, begin making their playoff drive uh, at the at the at the end of the all star game um, but they just the NBA announced its Hall of Fame class for uh, two thousand twenty one okay. uh, two thousand twenty two um, the um, they there are eleven people on the on the list, mm-hmm. um, four of them are WNBA players, mm-hmm. so we're not even going to mention them. Uh, but uh, you have Michael Cooper, the the sniper for the the Showtime Lakers of the nineteen eighties. Uh, Michael Cooper still on the on the ballot. Hugh Evans is on the ballot. Mano Ginobili, Tim Hardaway, uh, coach Bob Huggins. Um, who also was an NBA player before he was the coach. Yeah. Uh, before he was a coach, longtime coach at University of Cincinnati. Then he went to uh, his home, his uh, alma mater of West Virginia, where he's coaching now. Mm-hmm. Marquise Johnson, uh, George Carl, uh, great player and great coach. He'll get it. Um Those are the the main guys. Um, I think the only there's only two guys that are surefire Hall of Famers on the list. Uh, that being Mano Ginobili and Tim Hardaway. Okay. Um, I think both of them uh, should definitely be in the Hall of Fame. The other ones ha- had nice careers and things, but I just don't know that they're exactly Hall of Fame players. Uh, they played on some really good teams, uh, be it the, the the Lakers and the Celtics and, and stuff like that, but I just don't know that they're Hall of Fame players in and of themselves.
1: Yeah, so not so much Cooper then. I, I think Cooper was a,
0: a nice player and a nice... Piece, but those Showtime Lakers were all about Magic, uh, Kareem, and, sure. and Worthy. Yeah, so you they know, were.
1: yeah, absolutely. So even I know that as a kind of fair weather basketball fan.
0: Tim Hardaway played for a long time on the uh, on the Suns, uh, the Phoenix Suns, mm-hmm. and when him and Thunder Dan Marley, um, and then eventually Charles Barkley uh, played on those Suns teams, and he really played well, but. Uh, they just were never good enough to, to get over the hump in the playoffs to get to the finals. And
1: Ginobili, what was his Ginobili specialty? won
0: championships. He was a shooting guard. Sometimes he played point guard, but he was more of a shooting guard for the San Antonio Spurs and that dynasty with, Man, t- sure with Tim won a Duncan. a lot of
1: games and a lot of championships. Yeah, you
0: had Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili in the backcourt, and then you had, uh, obviously, Tim Duncan down low.
1: So you expect maybe two to go in? I expect at least two. Who was the coach again?
0: Oh, well the two coaches uh were um Bob Huggins and George Carl. Carl,
1: yeah. I don't know. I, I kind of feel like what I remember Carl being revered.
0: Well George Carl was the coach of the um jazz. the the San Antonio no the uh, Seattle Supersonics okay, so that went to the finals with um Is
1: he ever the jazz coach?
0: I I don't think so. Oh, okay. Uh, but he uh coached them when they had uh, the glove, whose name is slipping my mind right now. Right. Um, the guy played phenomenal defense I can see him
1: they called him the glove because... yeah because
0: he was he played was tight as a glove on on defense gotcha. on players okay. um, and you know they had a very athletic team out there before their uh, b- their p- power before their uh, big man uh, ballooned up and basically ate himself out of the out of the league I hate
1: when that happens.
0: Um so yeah you know it's uh Gary Payton was the okay, point guard definitely the, remember the glove his name. yeah um, and uh, yeah
1: defensive players they don't get all the hype but like you know like the offensive guys do right. that's for sure but i remember Payton i used to watch a lot more basketball back in the day but mostly playoffs since my Knicks were hardly ever in it mm-hmm. until the 90s yeah so i used to love watching Celtics and Lakers that was always fun those finals, even when the Sixers were in, I kind of enjoyed that too.
0: Yeah, Sean Kemp was the Kemp, w- yep. was the big the big man who ate himself out of the league. I got you. Um,
1: hey, ridi- even that happens
0: ridiculously um, ridiculously athletic. Uh, one of one of the guys I went to college with actually uh, went to junior college with Sean Kemp, hmm. um, and he grew up in in Indiana. Uh, where Sean Kemp went to junior college. So.
1: Yeah, even though I didn't watch a ton of basketball, I remember all these names. So we'll wait and see who gets in. Yeah. So All right.
0: So Major League Baseball, Frank. The players and owners have met several times, and they have made uh, very little to no progress. Uh, the next time they are scheduled to meet is Monday afternoon, um, the Monday the 21st. Uh, february they're scheduled to meet again right now. the big announcement that came out was that even my- uh, even spring training games mm-hmm. are being pushed back to march to, 5th. to march fifth at the at the earliest. earliest yeah so they've uh major league baseball has promised to to refund any fans' money that they've paid for tickets uh for, uh for spring tra- i don't want i keep wanting to say minor league games but yeah. spring training games before that um and I just until one side or the other starts losing substantial money, I just don't see how they're going to make a deal.
1: Well, I thought majorly uh, the players association's reaction to the latest owners proposal. statement, pro- well, not the proposal but the statement they made and saying they can't play games, they can't practice uh, have a pre- um spring training, the players said we can. There's no reason we can't while we're negotiating, but there's a lockout. That's why we can't.
0: Well, the last time, see, the players are being a little disingenuous there because the last time there was uh, a situation like this was 1994. And in 1994, the owners tried to negotiate with the players while playing the season and everything. And the, the, the players refused to budge at the, at the right. bargaining table. Right, yeah, and so they ended up having to lock it, lock them out anyway, even though they were trying to bargain in good faith. Right, and it ended up canceling the World Series, and that was the first World Series out of like a hundred and uh, what is a hundred and twenty World Series that has that has ever not been played. So the ninety, if you ever get a chance, if you're ever at a flea market or something, and you come across a ball. That is a World Series ball from that says 1994 on it. Because every World Series ball has the World Series uh, logo emblazed upon it. If you ever buy it, if yeah. you ever come across one, buy it. Because that's a very, very rare. Well,
1: unless you uh, don't have a million dollars laying around.
0: Well, I'm saying if you ever come across like at a flea market or something. And somebody doesn't realize what they've got um you want to make sure you buy that right. and um thanks for that tip and and take take it to an expert because if it's genuine it's worth a lot of money you know
1: major league baseball has a way of just really getting in their own way know, how do i word it yeah they, they the fans are always the ones who lose out when major league baseball does something it's amazing and they just don't get it you know they never get it it's it just blows my mind Now, I hear they're talking about a lot of wacky um, playoff scenarios, too, which as kind of a purist bothers me a little. Um, There's too many games already, and now they're talking about half the league making the playoffs. Right. And then a team gets to choose their opponent. Right. It's so wacky. It's so weird. Like, I don't know what they're trying to do. Or why they're trying to do it. Well,
0: they're trying to, to make it. the game hip, is yeah, what yeah. they're trying to do. Because you look at the demographics that follow baseball, and unfortunately, Frank, they're you and I. And I was going to say. We're guys in our in our uh, either 50s or late 40s. Oh, so they don't want that demographic. Right, they want the younger demographic. And, yeah, good luck. Well, because they look at what the kids are into. Yeah, they're and, not
1: outside playing ball anymore. No. As a whole.
0: And what's scary
1: is I was There's with some of my TV students. of to them.
0: I was with, I was talking with some of my students one day and they're eighth grade kids and I they don't even know the rules of baseball. They don't even know I hear you. you know, that you know they know the three strikes you're out kind of thing, sure. but they don't understand like that third strikes a foul, right? What well, you go to you go to first base and second off, base and third alive. base and home and they That's just softball. don't right, they don't just don't understand <laughs> and it's very sad to me because what and, and unfortunately the, I realized that I grew up either in some sort of a utopia or I'm just an unbelievable dinosaur. But um, when I got home from school, I used to throw my books, you know, at the foot of the steps run, and run upstairs and get changed and then uh, grab something, some sort of a snack and grab my, my ball, my glove or my, or my football. And I'd run to the, we had an open lot in our neighborhood and all the kids in the neighborhood that were available. We all met at the, at the 100%. lot. hundred percent. And whatever the game, the, the game was that was in season at the time, that's what we played. Yeah. None of us were any good. We all sucked. Yeah. But we all sucked equally. And we all loved playing. I'm with you. Yeah, same in my neighborhood. But the kids today don't. They the only games they play are organized. I played so much wiffle ball; it was unbelievable. Right, we you played know, wiffle form ball, of baseball. Right, we played. You know, right field was foul if we didn't have enough players. Yeah, exactly, and, um, figured it out. You know, pitchers poison. And Heck, we
1: didn't play. Frisbee baseball, you know, right. as a form of baseball. Like, you know, you just wanted to play baseball. Right. It's just not as popular a sport anymore. And I think one of the reasons is technology has created this world of video gaming and stuff like that. Where, right. But you know,
0: also, parents don't just let their kids run and play anymore. Um, it's true.
1: Parents. You don't think they let them, or you don't think the kids want to? I
0: don't think they let them. I think from the time they're little, mom or dad are always overlooking watching their. watching junior. Okay. Mommy? And they are. Uh, you know, they set up play dates and stuff like that. Kids play t-ball instead of just uh, organic baseball or whatever in their neighborhood. Yeah. My nieces and nephews have never, like, they have no idea if there's kids their age in their neighborhood.
1: Also, winning doesn't have as much value anymore, like winning and losing. Everybody's a winner now, you know? That's kind of right. how it works in kids' sports. And my, nephews, my, my nephews, my nephews losing. My
0: nephews played t-ball, and it was every kid gets in at bat every inning, and no matter what, you know, not three outs and you come out and play or anything like that. Every kid gets a net bat. There's like 15 kids in the field. Um, and every kid gets a an net bat and then all 15 every inning. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I mean, they, they so, hated it. So at
1: least it. they're involved for them. Right.
0: But they hated it because yeah. there was no real structure. Okay. There's no real, you know.
1: I hear you. Yeah. No, I even think so. I mean, you know, I learned the value of losing as a kid. You know, you have the desire to win when you lose,
0: right? And we learned through baseball. We learned it's a life lesson. Too. A lot of life lessons. We learned how to settle our arguments, how to settle our problems. Mm-hmm. Yes, we yelled and screamed occasionally. We threw <laughs> coaches fists.
1: yelling at umpires, coaches, uh, people from the stands yelling at the coaches.
0: Right. Well, I'm just saying in our in our open lot, you know, if it was a close call or whatever, we yelled and screamed at each other. Sometimes we got out of hand and you threw some fists and stuff. It's called and, being a kid, you know, it was. And, but the next day we were friends again and you know it was it, it we learned how to get along we learned how to deal with people we learned how to solve our problems and stuff together yeah. and all these things and you know when i see the we're, i'm i'll be honest and say i'm not I still live in the same town that I grew up in and stuff, and I'm not really friends with those guys anymore. But some of them still live around, and when I see them, we slap each other on the backs. How you doing? It's yeah. like you know, we're it's like we we pick up right where we left off. And you know, a couple of years ago, I had a kid in class who was the son of one of the kids I grew up with. Yeah, and you know, his father and I got to get, got together at, on, on open house night or whatever, and we just like. <laughs> yucked it up and laughed yeah. and and you know because and the, his son thought it was the coolest thing in the whole wide world that I grew up with his dad and you know that I had all these stories about his dad and and he had his dad had stories about me and stuff when we were kids and yeah. all this stuff and the, his, the kid thought it was the coolest thing in the world and it's just so sad to me that kids don't get that experience yeah. today
1: money ruins things uh you know they they play more games because of money and I think that baseball season is such a f- f- ridiculously long season. You know, you lose interest at some point. Uh, I think that, you know, expanding the playoffs and having more teams in it, that's not really the road to more interest in the game. I don't think so. Um, like, you know, just, I like to keep it the way it was mm-hmm. more, you know, and that's not because I'm older or whatever. I just think it was better. You know what I mean? Everybody can't make the playoffs. Everybody doesn't get a trophy. You know, right. that's not, there was a value in that. Right.
0: We grew up as fans of Major League Baseball where you had to win something to have the opportunity to win something. Right. Um, and I'm okay with the wild cards and all this kind of stuff because it does bring more excitement and more fan bases um, into, into the playoff races and that kind of stuff. I'm okay with that, but but let's not expand it even more, because that's just purely a money grab.
1: It is, 100%. Football gets away with more, you know, more nights of football, because the sport is wildly more popular than baseball, or even... Right, but even
0: even so, it's still, even with more nights of baseball, there's only, for your team, there's only one game a week.
1: You mean football? Yeah, football. I'm sorry, did I say baseball? Yeah, right, Exactly. So, Whereas said, it's
0: baseball, it's almost the, every night
1: with the fantasy thing. You know, I can watch any game any night. And right? Have,
0: have Rich knows it. all about fantasy. Congratulations, Frank!
1: Thank you. Had a good year. Congratulations! Thank you. Thank you. I didn't win at all, but you know, I I had a good season. Congratulations! Thank you. I picked eighth, so that's pretty good. Congratulations! Thank you. <laughs>
0: so anyway at this point we are going to transition and when we transition I turn it over to my friend frank
1: so we hold this podcast at the fox alarms warehouse building here in eastern pennsylvania they have set up this palatial studio for us here within the confines of this great complex and uh we want to let you know about Fox Alarms. Fox Brothers Alarms. They do home security, business security. Um, they have 24-7 uh, support. Burglar and fire alarms. They do burglar and fire alarms primarily. They do access control. And cameras. And cameras. And it, uh, Very uh, solid local business here in the Lehigh Valley. Located in Easton, like I said. Uh, we want to let you know that if you want to protect yourself... Uh, especially from fire or theft, it would be a good idea to go to www.foxbrothersalarms.com www.foxbrothersalarms.com So if you're listening and you're local, you can drive around this Lehigh Valley and just see Fox, Fox Brothers Alarms signs all over the place. They're in people's on people's lawn letting you know that they're protected against these things. And um, so... Check out Fox Brothers Alarms on the World Wide Web, or maybe you're not all about the World Wide Web and you'd rather make a phone call. They have a 1 800 number. Go to 1 800 Fox Bros. B R O S. 1 800 Fox Bros. And when you do that, you want to ask for Mark, Dan's brother. So give him a call or go on the internet and check out Fox Brothers Alarms. We also want to let you know that uh, this podcast has an email associated with it. This is how we hope to communicate with those who listen to the podcast. So if you want to reach out to us, the best way to do it is to go to sportswithfoxandfrank at gmail.com. Sportswithfoxandfrank at gmail.com. Send us an email. Whatever subject you want to you know, create, you want to ask us a question, you want to make a comment, we would love to hear from you. Another way is actually to go on Facebook and punch in the name of the podcast, which is Sports Fellowship with Fox and Frank, and the page pops up. Everything related to this podcast is on the Facebook page, including the podcasts themselves. You can find them on there. And so we'd like to see you on Facebook as well. Check us out. I'm wondering, Rich, Dan is probably wondering more. Absolutely. About any possible emails? Not tonight, guys. I mean, did I'm mom, sorry about that. Did
0: mom work her magic or?
1: <laughs> no, mom didn't work on magic. No. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Dan's getting very impatient here. You know, well, I'm between a, that and my iPad, you know. So. I know, I know, I know about the iPad. I'm That's three years running, right? <laughs> no, no, it's not. Okay. <laughs> All right.
0: Well, it's getting no. Closer. We did. We did get a message. It wasn't via email, okay. but. Daniel Hook said, our Southern soccer correspondent mm-hmm. said that this is a slow time in soccer mm-hmm. and asked if we had any questions for him that he might do a soccer report. And I did have two. Okay. My two questions for our Southern correspondent were one, what is it going to take for the U.S. to get into the World Cup? Are we in? Or do we have more to do? What's it going to take for us to get into the World Cup officially? That's and then, secondly, what's it, what does the Philadelphia Union need to do in this offseason in order to get back to the MLS finals as and actually as, win? As long as
1: New York is in there, there's no sense bothering.
0: NYCFC yeah. uh, won the championship last year That's over right. the Philadelphia Let's Union. Not forget that. I they, predicted it. They got kind of, not kind of, they got very lucky hmm. with the players hey, that were out for COVID. They
1: were going to win it anyway. It was destiny. Um, no,
0: they were. They got very lucky with COVID and who, what players were out. So, yeah. Um, I wanted Daniel to, uh, our Southern so- Soccer correspondent, to tell us what is going on there with, um, with those two questions.
1: I have two questions. Sure, go ahead. Who cares and why bother? Oh, ouch! That's my two questions. Ouch! Yeah. And then for
0: speaking of who cares and why and why bother. Um, I keep turning on the television on the weekends, and I keep seeing golf on the weekends, Mm.
1: PGA Golf, and
0: I don't see any golf reports. The
1: Waste Management Open was very exciting. I enjoyed every minute of it. Go ahead, Frank. Tell us about it. Uh, So I don't remember anybody's names or anything, but uh, I was watching for about two minutes when one of the players on the 16th hole shot... T- you know, took his tee shot and Hole in it, one And went right in hole in one And what I learned about this tournament Because I'd never seen it before Is it's very different than the other tournaments It's in Arizona And they encourage the fans to be boisterous yes. Make noise So they're not only making noise after shots and stuff But during We call that the Happy Gilmore It effect. was awesome I was loving it uh, It was very modern, I guess But, uh the guy makes the shot, and it goes right in, and everybody starts taking their beer cans and cups and stuff and throwing them on the on the uh, the green, the green, and it was it was fabulous. I was loving every minute of it, and it took them a while to clean it up, but it's the waste management tournament, so you know they're cleaning it up. I thought it was so cool, so I didn't see the whole thing because I have things to do on a Saturday and Sunday, but. Um, I like the premise of the of the tournament, and the players seem to embrace it too.
0: Well, what's interesting about golf right now is golf is at a crossroads right now um, because you have the typical the the traditional PGA Tour, uh, where the the Pro Golf Association, where most of the where all of the big names play, mm-hmm. but now there's a another league that's forming, and the other league is is offering large amounts of cash. For the big name players to uh, to to leave the PGA Tour and go to the to the new uh, the new tour um, in Dubai, uh, the new tour is going to be in Dubai, and they're offering huge
1: cash. Do you know the difference between Dubai and Abu Dhabi? I don't, Frank. What's the difference between Dubai and Abu Dhabi? People from Dubai don't like the Flintstones. People from Abu Dhabi do.
0: <laughs> oh, it's good. Dan, I like it. Dan
1: has only heard that joke about eight times now. Uh, so,
0: Anyway, well, I wasn't going to dime you out. I was going to play I it off. I couldn't
1: help it when you said Dubai.
0: So because of the, the richness in in oil, there's a lot of money in the United Arab Emirates uh, there for Dubai and... Abu Dhabi. And Abu Dhabi. Uh, in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> and so... They are throwing around a lot of money. Supposedly, there's a, there's somewhere in the neighborhood of 17 PGA golfers that are at least seriously considering uh, switching over to the um, to the whatever they're going other it, other tour from the PGA, right? And that's very interesting. And the the Asian golfer, I hope I get his name right, Marikawa. Well, he is one of the ones that is leading the charge. Interesting. In potentially going over.
1: All right. Hmm. So. All right, that's news to me. Okay, interesting. And of course, Tiger Woods is now. I think he's going to play sometime. He is but coming up
0: to one year since his accident. Yeah, he's
1: obviously, in the downslide, even before the accident. So. Yes, and he was a big draw, so golf could be losing some of its Luster. fanfare. Yeah. Anyway. So anyway, I'm the guy who watches the four majors. Sure, and that's where who I am.
0: No, that's fine. That's, that's you know,
1: I just care about the uh, the scenery. I like the sport, but you know, who can sit there on a Sunday all day watching? You know, I mean, we do it for football. That's well, football is a lot more action packed. <laughs> anyway, so it doesn't take as long either. This is
0: uh, NBA NBA basketball uh, All Star Weekend. And the all-star festivities and everything are are a, a glamour, a glitch show in and of themselves, so there's not really much to talk about there. Slam dunk contest. Right. They do the slam... The, tonight is the celebrity... Sharp shooting. Tonight is the celebrity game. Tomorrow uh, evening will be the uh, skills competition, yeah. and then tomorrow night will be the dunk contest, and then the game itself is on Sunday afternoon. So... Um, usually, very little, de- if any, defense is played in the All Star game, just like all the other um, sports. So nobody wants to get hurt, right? So. But what's interesting is uh, the the Lakers have been talking about putting it together and making a run uh, here with their talent. They definitely have enough talent, but their talent is is quite long in the tooth. And then you have the news come out uh, yesterday that their pl- Anthony Davis, yeah. their their linchpin player, who is one of the few young ones on the team, young younger, I should say. Um, he is got an injury in his foot, and he's going to be out for the next four weeks at least.
1: We've talked about him before, though. He's also kind of an issue in the team. Yes. No, no, that's uh, that's Westbrook. Oh, my bad. Okay, shows you how much to you know about basketball. Yeah, that's Westbrook. Right.
0: That's uh, oh, that hurts.
1: Not Anthony playing to Davis. his yeah
0: to his Hall of Fame level. Okay, um, but
1: what did I think Davis was a problem last year?
0: No, he well, he was an injury problem last year. Okay, so
1: that must have been it.
0: Yeah, so it looks like the Lakers are going to be down and out, and uh, not going to really be able to make
1: much you noise know how much in I the I love Western LA Conference. teams so much. So, not that I have any, I don't care either way in basketball. Really, sure. My Knicks aren't any good, which they haven't been for so long. Well, they they
0: ha- they had a really nice run last year. They did, and then that they basically rolled back the same team, and did not have the same success.
1: I know, yeah. I just can't seem to make it happen. So When they get relevant, if they get relevant, I may watch a little basketball. That's about where it lies for me. All right, well, NHL, what do you think of your Rangers there, Frank? Third in the Metropolitan Division at the moment. Uh, Did lose to Detroit last night. It was in a shootout, so they got a point. But uh, I think they've developed themselves another star goalie. I want to go there with this. Shusterkin is playing fabulously. He really is a good player. And I think the Rangers have themselves a star at goalie. And, you know, since they're right up there in the standings, I'm looking forward to the playoffs this year and seeing what they could do. I think they're a team that could win now. They could win a championship, but there are other teams that are are real good and and quite honestly better. The Penguins are one of them in our own division. But uh I like the Rangers' chances, especially when you have a goalie that can you know stand on his head, as they say in hockey. So um, I'm excited, excited about the Rangers. I started watching all their games now. I watch each game now that football's over, right? And I'm catching up, you know, on the team. But, I'm uh,
0: interested in in the NHL to see what happens with Jack Eichel out there with the uh, the Las Vegas Golden Knights, uh, because Jack Eichel was billed as being all basically the equal in terms of talent and, and playmaking ability as well as scoring of Connor McDavid, the player that went number 1 overall a few years ago, right. was a one and supposedly a once in a generational player. Mm-hmm. And he's was play, he's playing for the Edmonton Oilers right. who have their own problems. They're struggling, yeah. And Jack Eichel got hurt. He had a a disc problem in his neck. And that's a, obviously a humongous injury. Sure. And, you know, he had all kinds of problems with Buffalo management about what he should do in terms of, of getting it uh, getting it taken care of. Should right. he rehab it, which is what Buffalo wanted him to do, mm-hmm. uh, whereas he wanted to have this somewhat experimental surgery where they actually insert a an artificial um, disc in his neck to replace the one that's all messed up.
1: Sounds scary for a hockey player. And tell you. so
0: he insisted on getting that surgery, and... The, uh, the Buffalo Sabres traded him to the Las Vegas Golden Knights, and the Golden Knights were already al- pretty good. Right, and they allowed him to have the surgery the way he wanted, and he's he's coming back as we speak um, and going to be playing here soon again, fully recovered. So what kind of player is he going to be, and is he going to be able to put the Golden Knights over the top yeah. and make them a legitimate NHL Stanley Cup uh, contender. You don't feel they are already? Well, I think that, that, I think, and I think anybody that's seen the Golden Knights would agree that they're, they seem like they were one piece away. Fair? Because the, two years ago, they made it into the finals. Yeah. Uh, they went to the finals back to back years. And then last the year, first
1: year in existence. Right.
0: And then last year, they made it to the playoffs, but they got bounced somewhat early. Yes. So somebody like Jack Eichel could really, sure.
1: you know, Put them over the top. Agreed.
0: So I think that's going to be exciting to see how that plays out.
1: We shall see. Okay. How about those Flyers? Flyers just stink. No.
0: We're playing for that draft pick. There you go. So, you know.
1: Like the Knicks of hockey. (laughs) Well,
0: like like most of the Philadelphia teams of hockey. Yeah. Um, So, you know, we've got to I am
1: excited about the Rangers, and I do love them. Uh, So, like I said, get out of football season, I get into hockey mode, and I'll be watching a lot of it. So enjoy it I love the sport, I really do um, like, I, One of the things that drew, drew me to hockey in the first place Was the names mm-hmm. Just a simple thing like that And the fact that these guys do what they do on ice it's, They're phenomenal athletes They really are The sport is underrated I'm not sure why it's not more popular I really am not It's really a niche sport I guess But these are professional athletes who play at a high level so and people don't seem to have a ton of interest. One thing I've noticed is that for the ladies, right, it seems like uh, ladies that like sports seem to like hockey. That's just my own observation. I'm not sure why, but it seems to be the case.
0: Frank, what do you, th- what do you think about the Olympics? Do you have any deep thoughts about I the Olympics? I think I haven't
1: watched one minute of it. Okay. And uh, I don't like some of the stuff surrounding it. So I used to be one who would sit and watch the Winter Olympics. I never really cared much for the Summer Olympics a whole lot. Certain events, yes. I love the Winter Olympics, and I'm very patriotic, but that's being taken away from me now. As a, that's how I feel, mm-hmm. and I'm going to state it right here. It's, it's uh, also I I don't like the fact that it's being held somewhere where people are being oppressed the way they are, right. and uh, you know when the players when the athletes spoke out about it, they were told to shut up. I'm going to say that right here too. That bothers me. Sure. So for me interest really waned this year for the olympics i haven't watched in a minute of it, of it
0: yeah especially when you see that that's the big thing about the olympics is the the feel of the of the patriotism when you see these people who've worked most of them their entire lives to get to that point and when when they win their medals and then they stand on the podium and li- listen to their uh, their national anthem it's a very patriotic moment right. and um, especially as an American when Americans win, uh, win the different events it's it's almost to the point where you, it's hard to keep a, your eyes dry uh, Agreed. you know knowing what the sacrifice that these people have made. But then you see several of our athletes that we've trained and, and we have cultivated in our country that have defected to, to play on to play for the Chinese and because the chinese communist government has offered them uh money and has offered them uh, endorsement deals and things like that so they stand to make lots of money and you know if, if i was Nineteen, twenty, twenty-one years old, and someone offered me uh, ten million dollars, and then a guaranteed fifty million dollar endorsement deal over the next over the next five years. I'll be honest and say I'm not sure I'd be able to turn it down you. either. Yep. So, but so I'm not really blaming money them. ruins everything. I'm not really blaming the athletes themselves, but it just is not a good look. Right? It's it's this is not this is supposed to be the height of amateur. Uh, athletics and Well, that's things.
1: something that bothered me about the Olympics in general anyway is when it became okay to have all pro athletes playing in the Olympics. Whatever happened to amateur? Going back to 1980 when the Olympic uh, hockey team, the United States team, beat Russia, you know, in the earlier rounds of that the Miracle on Ice, the semifinals. Yeah. It, the amateur aspect of it is what made it so great. The Russians were like pros, basically, and our team was an amateur team, right? But, but beat Russia and then eventually won the gold medal.
0: But what very few people remember is that at the time, because of the amateur aspect of the Olympics and the, how unlikely it was that we were going to win, that game was on tape delay. Uh, that game was played and then it was recorded and then it was the, it was broadcast later. Like I think it was four hours after the game had actually ended. I'm going to say that I
1: didn't even know that because I was just a kid and television was different in those days, and so was media around the world. It wasn't instant like it is now, right? But but, um, but yeah. I'm
0: saying the fact that it's that professionals have gone and the highest levels of I know I just I said earlier and it sounds like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth, but it's just when we have cultivated an athlete and, and trained them and, and used resources to me, they sort of owe the United States to represent us I mean, in the Olympics. So. And, and, but, it, and to me, it's one thing if I'm not good enough to make the, the Olymp, the United States Olympic ski team in my chosen sport, I think that I've worked so deep. hard. Well, I'm just, I'm using this as an illustration. I got no shot at that, oh. but, um, but I, my mother is of Swiss heritage, right. and I, my times do qualify me to join the Swiss team. I think that's okay. Okay, that's okay to do if I'm not good enough to make the I, U.S. team. I got you to play for to. to I hear you. To the, still be have the, the athlete athletic, just wants to compete. Right to still have the Olympic experience.
1: Yeah, I understand. I got you.
0: All right. Well, uh, we've covered. Everything and solved all the world's problems Most of them So, you know, uh, I think it's time that we uh, Kind of wrap up this here podcast So go ahead, Frank
1: i like to let you know about our church We, we attend First Baptist Church at, We're at 810 Red School Lane In Phillipsburg, New Jersey And so if you're in the Lehigh Valley here again Just like with Fox Brothers Alarms um, You know, and you're nearby And you're looking for a church We'd like to invite you to our church which we meet at ten o'clock on Sundays. And uh Dan, talk about the website.
0: Yeah, if you come to our church when we when you come, we encourage you to take what's called a bulletin, which basically is just kinda like a program, tells you what's coming up and going on, uh, and stuff like that. And there's a, a fold out flap that's on that's perforated that we call the communication card. And on that we encourage the people of our church to respond. Uh, to God's word and what, what the Holy Spirit's telling them and, or doing in their hearts. But it's also a place where they can put down any kind of prayer request or any needs they may have or anything like that and communicate that to our church leadership. If you are not in the Lehigh Valley area or uh, New Jersey or Pennsylvania, and it's not really a possibility for you to come in person to our services, which we would love to see in person, but if that's not a possibility, um, you can catch our services online. On our website. Our church website is www.fbcpburg.org. Again, that's www.fbcpburg.org. FBC as in First Baptist Church, and then Pberg is Pburg is P B U R G as in Phillipsburg, New Jersey. Um, and if you go to that website, you can uh, watch our services uh, in their entirety. Uh, you, can, uh, you can watch the, the video. You can listen to the audio-only version. And there's all kinds of activities and videos and things on there for people of all ages, not just for, uh, for adults. There's, there's kid videos on there put together by our wonderful children's director, Allie Goshevsky and her husband, Matt, um, and there's all kinds of things for all people of all ages there on the website, but also on the website we have an online communication card for you, if you're out there and you need somebody to talk to, or you're going through something and you just would like to ask for prayer you can fill out that communication card, you can put as much information on there as you want to, or as you feel comfortable with, um, you can remain anonymous if you choose, or you can fill it out and we can and we'll be happy to contact you, reach out to you, and try to bless you in Jesus name, so uh, that's what we're really all about. We're really all about. We're not some sort of country club. We're not some sort of social club that just gets together just to hang out. And, you know, I mean, Frank is cool um, and everything. And people do gravitate towards Frank. But um, that's not our purpose in being. Our purpose in being is to have a purpose. And that purpose is to make more and better followers of Jesus.
1: Yeah. We love sports. I always say we love sports, but we love Jesus more. And we'd like to let you know about the love of Jesus. So. Come to our church. If you get an opportunity, go online and check us out. And you can also, uh, th- going online to the uh, uh, website allows you to see and learn all about what our church is about. And you and can it's also making ca- more and better followers of Jesus. Y- you,
0: you can also catch our our services on Facebook, uh, on uh, Facebook Live. You can catch them there. You YouTube. can also catch them on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not, if you don't want to go to F- fbcpberg.org, you can still go to YouTube and type in First Baptist Church Phillipsburg. or the same with uh, with Facebook. You can type in First Baptist Church Phillipsburg in the search. Uh, in the search bar, and uh, all, all our stuff will come up there too.
1: So we'd love to welcome you there and see you there, or hopefully you check it out online. One of the other sure.
0: Well, without any further ado, I want to thank Rich for making us look and sound good. Uh, I want to thank Frank for being uh, my friend and put. And we want to thank you for listening and I'm putting up with frank all our silliness
1: with everybody I know. Yes, you are.
0: I want to shout out to Victor and Dark Chocolate Delight and my third period
1: homies. I we, do want to say. We didn't say this yet, but congratulations, Brandon, on your team winning the Super Bowl. They earned it. Did up. So we're not downplaying it. May the love of Christ fill your heart. Peace. <laughs>
0: baseball tennis basketball even sports exotic oh you get guys in soccer Ran if it's a sport they've got it yeah they have weird conversations about anything they think oh they have so much in common it's like their brains are in sync Twins. we got fox with the jokes we got frank with the knowledge oh they care about all ages they talk about pro in college is they have that high quality content talking about the teens with their big boy shoes and their big boy
1: dreams on <laughs> Yeah, you know who it is. Sports Fellowship. Number one. Follow Fox and Frank now.